0: I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR, or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one we look at setting yourself up for success, week two is about boosting your confidence, week three focuses on being strategic in your role, week four is all about building key relationships, Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level and the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you or you can learn more by going to my website Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Welcome to episode 25 of HR Coffee Time. I'm your host, Faye Wallace, a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. I've made this podcast especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. If you're listening to this soon after it's released in March 2022, you'll know that at the time of recording it, we are in the midst of a recruitment crisis. I'm constantly hearing how incredibly hard it is to hire new people at the moment because the job market has never been so buoyant and a fear seems to have started creeping in of not only finding it hard to hire, but also a worry of losing the people that you already have, especially as salaries for some roles have been going up and up and up to try to tempt people to move. Now, of course, there are all sorts of strategies that you can put in place to try to hang on to the people you have and who you want to keep, But one strategy that I'll be focusing on today is using career conversations. Now, if you've not heard of career conversations before, they are just conversations that are scheduled to take place for each person in the organization to talk about what they would like from their career and how they want to develop and progress. And if you've been using your HR planner, you may have spotted its National Careers Week on Monday the 7th of March, so it seems like the perfect time to be bringing this idea up. If you don't have a copy of the planner, don't worry, I'll pop a link to it in the show notes for you. There's a free PDF version available and there's also a slightly more detailed hard paid-for version to choose from. And to talk us through career conversations in lots of detail, I'm joined by my wonderful guest Sarah Archer. Like me, Sarah is a career coach. I've known her for many years and I know that she is absolutely fantastic at what she does. I'm lucky to have her as part of the Bright Sky team and I call on her for help when we're working on particularly large outplacement projects. But she also has her own thriving coaching business called Career Tree Coaching. I really hope you enjoy this episode and that it not only gets you thinking about using career conversations throughout your organisation, but that it also helps to spark some ideas about what you'd like for your career and how you might start to go ahead and get that. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Faye. I'm really excited to be here today to talk to you. Oh, wonderful. And so I'm just going to dive straight in with my first question, which is what is a career conversation?
1: Well, I think that's a really good question because I think a lot of people aren't really familiar with having career conversations. I mean, you and I as career coaches, we have career conversations every day with our clients, don't we, to talk about hopes, fears, dreams, um, but I think people don't really have those conversations and that can lead to really kind of poor career decision making poor career planning and i know if you if you're working in hr you can see the results of that kind of poor career decision making you can see people who are in the wrong job people who are not performing because they just don't enjoy their job people who have been promoted maybe into a management or a leadership position who don't have the skill set to do the job and if as a coach you see people who've kind of fallen into their careers or maybe they took a career because their parents suggested it or after uni they took a job and then got stuck so you can see that poor career decision making because of that lack of having good career conversations can have huge knock-on effects of people's experience of their career.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's such an empowering thing for people once they are able to start having those career conversations, because what I've certainly found, and especially when I worked in my last HR role, actually, And we ran an engagement survey. And one of the results that came back was this lack of perceived career development opportunities within the organization. But having done some research around that and spoken to other people in HR, I realized that was a very, very common theme it seems to be a message that comes up again and again and again in all different sorts of organisations. Oh absolutely,
1: yeah I mean people often think a career conversation is that bit that you add on to the appraisal discussion about what course you want to go on or maybe if you're lucky what career development do you need and actually it's really not that, a career conversation is something completely separate that happens regularly through the year and has nothing to do with appraisal performance, supervision, one-to-one, task catch-up meetings, it's something very separate and it's about really kind of engaging that individual and listening to them understanding you know the past where they've come from what their experience has been what resources and skills they're bringing with them it's talking about the present where are they now what do they need right now to give the stretch in their job where are they in terms of the future you know what's the gap analysis between where they are now and where they want to be and also the future what kind of impact do they want to have what their career success they want for the future and how they're going to get there now obviously not having the whole spectrum of that conversation all in one but you know it needs to be referencing all of those areas to have a really kind of clear understanding of what that individual Needs in order to kind of stay engaged and feel their manager is there to guide and support them, not to give them all the answers, but to give them the support, guidance, mentoring, signposting, door opening that can make a huge difference to their career experience and to the organization
0: as well. And it sounds like, well, from what we're both saying here, (laughs) that potentially career conversations can be of benefit to everyone within an organization but who do you think specifically should be having them Well, I would say everybody.
1: I don't think you should kind of say it's just for the graduates or it's just for your high flyers. I think it should be throughout the organisation. Everybody should have access to that kind of career conversation. When I've run courses around this before, you know, there'll be a course for the managers and a course for the staff. And the managers, you're often middle managers coming onto these kind of courses. They'll be like advocating for their senior team to have this training as well. So that, you know, the leadership team, the directors are getting the training on how to have career conversations because the managers, want to have the experience of having a career conversation as well and I think when you think the research shows we might have up to five careers in our lifetime and they might not be radical career changes there might be career pivots having the space with somebody who's walked the walk before you or knows more of the environment the landscape can be really beneficial whatever stage of your career you're at both you and i work with leadership clients who still need that kind of career support career guidance but also i think the person who who is in their job and says i don't want any development i'm happy where i am i don't want to move you don't need to invest in me actually they still need a career conversation because they need to be upskilling they need to still stay employable they need to still stay engaged so i think you can't you can't exclude anybody from that career conversation offer Would be my would be
0: my passion piece. You know, everybody should access it. (laughs) So now that hopefully everyone listening can understand, well, what is a career conversation and why are they a good idea? Ideally, everybody should be having them. I think we can gather from that really how the career conversations can help an organisation, because the knock on effect of people being able to feel they can take ownership from their careers. They're not moving into roles that they're not ideally suited to. They're thriving in the roles they're in and they're overcoming challenges. It would be wonderful to get a little bit more clarity as to how you see this working exactly?
1: Yeah well I mean you know there there are huge benefits to the organisation and to the individual and actually I just want to spend a minute talking about the Mm organisational benefits if I can because Right Management did some research a few years ago with people who were having career conversations and what that research showed was that 75% of staff who were engaged with career conversations were more likely to stay in the organisation. And obviously now retention is hugely important for organisations because recruitment is so difficult. You want to be able to hold on to those people. But they also discovered that 76% would look for career growth within the organisation. So would be able to see they've got a pathway to sort of keep their career alive in the organisation. They don't need to leave to get the career development. And then 82% were more engaged in the work and 78% were more likely to share ideas. So that then brings those knock-ons in terms of productivity and also skill development, because you're going to get a more lateral mobility going on because people are going to be able to see, OK, I could go into this department and I could learn a whole new set of skills that maybe I'll take somewhere else in the organisation. So you're going to get that kind of more agile workforce through being able to kind of develop people in different ways by thinking more laterally around kind of career development and career opportunities. And I think it's important to kind of really acknowledge those benefits because managers will be resistant to taking on something else. We've both worked in HR. We know how difficult it can be to kind of champion some of these initiatives, which we can see the benefits of, but for a a line manager who's got a full diary already to take on something else can feel you know, a challenge too far, almost. So there's definitely a piece you have to sell in to, to the organisation to say this is what the
0: benefits could be, and then there's huge benefits to the individual as well. Great. So let's hear what some of the benefits are for the individual. Well, partly because
1: they're being encouraged to own their careers, so they're being encouraged to to really own and drive their careers. And as I say to clients, and I'm sure you say them to your clients too. No one's going to be as interested in your career as you are. If you're waiting for your manager to come with a lovely piece of career development on a plate for you it's probably not going to happen you have to drive it so having career conversations in an organization allow people to think that they can own their career development that they can drive it forward so that's a huge benefit to know that they can do that and they can see progression in a different way so they can see progression even though they might stay in the same job they don't have to be always moving up and up and up because they might want to be more operational or be more creative. They might not want to necessarily move up in terms of line management or strategy. So it gives them a way to see that they could stay at the level they are, but still have stretch and challenge that they need.
0: It's fantastic to have all these statistics, all this research, all of these reasons that career conversations can be of such huge benefit to the organisation and to the individuals. And you've given us some wonderful examples and ideas of the kinds of things that managers may be discussing as part of these career conversations. Would it be okay if I try and get you to be even more granular on exactly how this would work. So for anyone listening at the moment, if they think, oh gosh, actually, what Sarah's saying is so interesting. I can see that if I really encourage management and leadership to start up these career conversations with the people in their team, that it's going to be a huge benefit. But then I guess my nervousness is they might think, oh, how do I do that? Exactly how do they structure this? What are they going to say? Like, is there is there a good system that you can recommend for bringing all of this to life and getting it to work? That's a really great question. Yeah. How do you how do you make it happen?
1: I will get granular, but I guess there's an overlying thing about the kind of culture. So you definitely have to get leadership buy into this because because the staff and the managers you need to know that it, actually the organization is taking it seriously. So you have to kind of create a career culture, I would say, which is everybody managers staff leadership taking responsibility for careers so you know the leadership team really kind of setting the agenda of this is important to us we want to make this happen and we're going to support you in doing this and put resources into it because it's it is an investment by the organization really and then it's about equipping the management with the ability to have these conversations because you're right it's easy for us as coaches to have career conversations we've trained in it but for a manager it will feel a bit scary and as the managers I've worked with have voiced fears about it that they're going to maybe open a Pandora's box of a list of wants from that employer of I want this and I want promotion and I want a secondment overseas and things that they're not going to be able to say yes to and therefore they'd rather not have those conversations than open up that potential so I think there has to be training around how do managers actually have these conversations And there are various models around for career conversations, definitely, that involve that kind of past, future, present dynamic. And obviously, all the good things around having conversations, around listening and reflecting and feedback, you know, that all comes into play. So it's a good good chance to kind of revisit some of that with managers during the the sessions. And then I think it's about within the organisation, and HR in a way has to drive this, because talent acquisition retention and development sits in HR so it's that thinking about career development more broadly and career progression more broadly and I know you've done a podcast episode on this already haven't you about the three E's with experience exposure and education so it's giving managers the tools to be able to not just offer education not to offer just a course but actually be able to talk to the employee around okay well if you want to get more visible how can I help you get more visible in the organization or in the industry or if you want to get some experience in that particular um, area how can I facilitate that for you or how can I open the door for you or point you in direction so the managers need to have that knowledge or that support themselves to be able to feel confident about having those conversations and then i think the real killer with this is about how do you enable managers to have time to do these conversations because ideally you're talking about maybe having three i'd say minimum of three career conversations a year so that's three dedicated time to just looking at careers not bringing in the appraisal stuff or the one-to-one but just talking about the careers so it's not a huge amount really when you think about it but if you've got six to eight direct reports that is quite a lot of extra meetings so you've got to work with managers about them really understanding those benefits to giving up that time in terms of the things that are slightly hard to measure around productivity engagement and retention so it's not it's not an easy sell but I would say that the employers that are investing in career conversations are kind of giving themselves probably that competitive edge in terms of then developing a reputation as an employer that really takes development seriously, that invests in it. And I don't mean financially necessarily investing in it, but investing in it in terms of time and opportunity. And therefore, you know, we'll be able to attract talent. But that does require leadership having that vision and HR supporting that vision of why they want to do that.
0: And while you've been talking, Sarah, it's really got me thinking about the fact that there really is no one size fits all solution here, is there? With anything to work well, I think it's so important to tailor it to the organization that we work for. And as you were talking, I was just thinking of all the different ways I have seen a huge range of organizations try and initiate career conversations, often very successfully. In fact, always successfully, because everyone normally likes to talk about their career. So for one example, I was coaching someone who worked for a very, very, very large organization. And they said that in addition to having the coaching sessions with me, they actually had a career coach. So there was an internal group of career coaches that the employees could call upon for support and for help. And they also had career conversations with their manager on a very regular basis. So I sort of saw that as the the creme de la creme version of putting that support in place. But that was for an absolutely enormous organization. And of course, if we look at the number of organizations there are in the UK, well, the vast majority of them are smaller, whether that's significantly smaller or just a bit smaller. And so they may not have the budget and resources to lay on a whole internal team of career coaches to provide people with. In fact, I've seen that they may just have, as we've been talking about training, all of the managers in how to hold career conversations and trying to encourage that regularly or bringing in career coaches, whether that's you or me, Sarah, to come in and support specific groups of people. There are so many different ways of doing this. But what I really hope is going to be helpful for anyone listening today is just to really get them thinking about, actually, this is something that can have such a big impact, but it doesn't have to cost a fortune. It doesn't have to be really hard. What are the ways that we could bring this in, even if it's just in a little way to begin with, to really boost our organisation.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be a career conversation with a manager. They can happen with other people in the organisation. So I think organisations could start to think about how they could experiment a bit with it, rather than maybe go for a full-blown let's train everybody. Because, I mean, the organisation I worked with where we, we did this, we also trained staff as well, you know, about helping them to think about what they might want from their careers. Because you can imagine as a manager going into a room and saying, OK, let's talk about your career. What do you want? And people going, "Uh, I don't know what I want. So just helping them by setting the scene about what's possible with careers and helping them think about the broader career development piece Because it's not just managers who think, oh, let's just book a course. Staff tend to see that too. You know, when I was working with the staff in this particular organisation, when we were talking about going and representing your organisation at a conference or at an external meeting, that was a form of development in terms of exposure and maybe stepping up to do that. And people were like, oh, Actually, yes, that is development, but they hadn't really thought about it in those terms beforehand. So there is a bit of an education piece as well around what's possible in terms of career development, which is important if you've got a flat structure, because if you've got a flat structure, people can't get promoted to get the progression that they think they might want. So you have to look at how they can progress in other ways around impact and challenge and stretch. It's not an easy solution, I think, but I think it's a long term piece of organisational development, which would reap huge rewards if you get
0: it right. So having convinced everybody listening that career conversations are a fantastic idea, it's a good idea to go and um, train everyone, or uh, train sounds like the wrong word, doesn't it? Yeah, facilitate. Help facilitate, that's better, isn't it? Facilitate everyone into understanding that actually there are so many different ways that you can develop your career and and find fulfilment at work. What are your tips for employees on how they can prepare themselves for those good conversations? So we've said, oh, please, please do put some sort of facilitation in place to help everyone understand how this can be beneficial. So as well as putting that in place, how can they really prepare themselves for those good career conversations?
1: Yeah, I think, well, that's a brilliant question. And I think what I would say to them is to first of all think about, What do they really enjoy in their job and what do they want more of? So do a little bit of diagnostic about what's going well in their current job, what they really love, what they would like to do more of or what they would like to do for the future if if they can think that far. You know, some people it's very much just about my immediate. So just beginning to think about careers and then to be thinking about what development they would need to make their job even better so uh, sometimes we're thinking about development just for the future but actually what do they want in their current career in terms of development and thinking broadly about development so listening to your three e's podcast first and then to think about it and then to think about what could they suggest as solutions because the the premise of these career conversations is it's not the manager's responsibility to solve the issues or come up with the ideas it's the individual to drive it so to go to that meeting with ideas even if the organisation can't agree to those ideas but to to come up with some suggestions about what they want in terms of that development piece or support from their manager. You know, do they want the manager to open some doors or find them, help them find a mentor or that kind of thing? So, yeah, definitely going prepared and not just
0: expecting it to be driven by the line manager. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, I think that we've taken quite a deep dive into it all. But one other thing I was thinking of as she was speaking, this idea of helping people to really identify what it is they want from their careers. And I know there are lots of tools and resources that people can use. I thought I might just quickly signpost people to a couple that are quite low cost that they might find useful. And it'll be interesting to get your take as to whether you agree, Sarah, or if there's anything else. So the Clifton Finder assessment is one of my absolute favorite assessments to share with clients it's fairly low cost. You can get it online, or you can buy a book. And at the back of the book, there's an access code. And whenever you take that assessment, for anyone who's not familiar with it, there is quite a detailed description of what your top five strengths are. And your strengths are the skills that you have that are very highly developed, and that energize you when you use them. So we've all got skills we're highly developed at at utilizing that we don't necessarily like using. (laughs) But So the idea with strengths is that actually, if you can then try and make sure there are opportunities to utilise your strengths at work, you're much more likely to feel fulfilled. So that's one resource that I just think can be incredibly powerful and incredibly helpful. And recently I've rediscovered career anchors. I don't know how you feel about that, Sarah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like career anchors. I mean, I think
1: definitely understanding your values as well as your strengths is, is super important. And the anchors are quite nice because I mean, value exercises can have hundreds of values in it, which gets a bit overwhelming. But the anchors, it's quite compact. If that's the right word but it's you know there's only a certain number so it's quite clear for people when they've done the the exercise and yeah I mean just on the strengths one there is also the via strengths questioning I think is it uh, which is also great which comes up with your top five which I think is more kind of values in action rather than skill strengths. So it's more kind of value strengths. But it's another kind of complementary one, I think, that could work quite well.
0: Yes, that's a free one. So sometimes if there's not the budget for StrengthsFinder, which it varies in cost, it goes anywhere between sort of 12 and £20. I think it's £20 at the moment, but that might just be because they realise I'm constantly buying it. So I don't know... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they just say, oh yes, that must be Faye clicking on it. Here's her price. Or if I I'm sure that's the price for everybody. But uh yeah, so it's about twelve to twenty pounds to take that one, whereas the values in action one is completely free to take. And then just to explain what the career anchors are again in a little bit more detail for anyone listening who might not be familiar with them. So again, you can take that online, but it's actually cheaper to buy it's the little booklet assessment and it's just a questionnaire that you fill out. And the idea behind it is that we've all got a different anchor that is a combination of the things that motivate us and our values and also potentially our interests. And I'm not going to be able to remember off the top of my head what all of the different anchors are. One of them is experts. So that is often when you really, really love becoming an absolute expert at something. So if you were to take the assessment and that comes out and you're then in a career conversation, that's so helpful because you can. You might then think, oh, that's why I've been a bit bored at work. I'm not really learning anything new or I could be learning about something in more depth that I would really like to do that or I would like to be able to share my expertise where I'm at such a high level. And I'm trying to think what some of the others are. You know, there's another one which I think has a very boring name. I think it's called general managerial competence, but it really means that people who have that as an anchor really crave management because they enjoy developing people. And so they want to have a role where it it doesn't matter that they're not the expert. That's fine. They've got people who work with them who are. So again, just to explain that in a little bit more depth, I think it can be very helpful. I think there are seven anchors in total. I have thought about doing a whole podcast episode on it, but I thought that might be overkill. So Our chat today, Sarah, has been quite a nice way of me sneaking that in for anyone who might find it helpful. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, self-awareness is
1: the the key to all good career decisions. So the more of these tools that you can use to really unlock and access your self-understanding, it's going to be incredibly valuable at understanding what you need to either stretch yourself or to get the kind of fulfilment that you really want in your career. So I think they're all really great resources for people to, to access. And can I can I plug my challenge now? Shall I plug my challenge? It feels like it follows on from that, if I can. Of course you, of course you can, Sarah, please. Tell us about your challenge. Yeah, so I have a, I have a free five-day career uh, success challenge called From Confusion to Clarity, which kind of takes people on a journey to help them understand where they are in their career and where they might want to get to. So anybody who's about to have a career conversation, it might be quite a useful thing to do. So it's running from the 21st of March, And I'm going to give you a link for people to sign up to if they want to. It's around maybe you could minimum you could do be 15 minutes a day. The more you dive into it, the more benefit you get from it. But it's five concentrated days of focusing on your career and what you want. So it's the perfect preparation for going into a career conversation with your with your manager or thinking about just your career generally.
0: Fantastic. That sounds wonderful. And for anyone who's listening in the future, our way 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 in the future where that date might have passed I know that you're going to have a wait list because you actually run this challenge twice a year don't you so even if you've missed out on the 21st of March date don't worry because you'll be able to go on the wait list and then Sarah will get in touch with you to let you know when it's running again I will I will indeed. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show, Sarah. It's been wonderful having you here. For anyone who has been listening and who would like to get in touch with you or who would like to know more about your work, what's the best way of them doing that? Uh, well, I'm everywhere
1: on social media, face. so they can either email me from my, from my website or they could uh, find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Career Tree Coaching uk so yeah i'm very happy to have a chat with people about um having a career conversation or other parts of career
0: brilliant and i'll make sure that i put links to everything that we've talked about including signing up to your challenge or getting in touch with you all of those links will be in the show notes and the very final question that i need to ask you is what your book recommendation is Yes, thank you. I mean, I've got so
1: many books like you, I know, um, to read or have read. But my, one of my favourites is Playing Big by Tara Moore. It's really it's written for women, but it's also applicable to anybody. And it's just really great at helping you think through your career aspirations, what's kind of getting in the way, what's holding you back and how you can overcome it and how you can play big in your career, which doesn't, as we've talked about, necessarily meaning getting promotion and going up the ladder. It can be playing big in terms of getting that fulfillment and satisfaction
0: I have that on my bookshelf as well thought you might <laughs> we should do a bookshelf comparison sometime, <laughs> shouldn't we we should I'm sure you I'm sure you've got lots of other books that I would love to have <laughs> well that's brilliant thank you again Sarah for everything it has been wonderful having you here it's been a pleasure thank you as always I hope you enjoyed listening today and that it was helpful Sarah mentioned another HR Coffee Time episode a couple of times during our chat today, and she called it the three E's. The episode she's talking about is episode five, how to progress your HR career using the three E model, which you might want to hop back and listen to if hearing us talk today has got you thinking about finding new ways to progress your career or the careers of the people you work with. And if you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to subscribe to or follow the show so that you get to hear the next episodes that are coming up. You can also sign up to my HR Coffee Time emails to be notified when new episodes are released and hear about the other free career resources that I create throughout the year. There's a link to sign up in the show notes if you'd like it.